This is the Love Your Mom Life podcast, where we get real about getting out of your motherhood rut and creating a mom life you love. I'm your host, Nikki Odin, and I know a lot about what it's like to not love your mom life. Being a mom is hard, and being a mom with goals and dreams is even harder. Over the years, I've spent a whole lot of time on the hot mess express trying to harmonize motherhood with everything else I want out of life. But eventually, I figured it out. Sort of. You can create a mom life you absolutely love. So come on, let's do this thing together. Before we dive in, this is my cute little reminder to please hit that subscribe button. Be sure to follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, be sure to visit the blog at youridealmomlife.com for real life solutions to help you take back your time and love your mom life again. Welcome back to the Love Your Mom Life podcast. You are in for a major treat with today's guest who I'll introduce to you in just a sec. Before I do though, I just want to thank you for your support of this podcast. We've now reached over 5,000 downloads. Keep listening, keep tuning in, and don't forget if you want to show your support for the show, you can click on that buy me a coffee link in the show notes. And now for today's episode. Today's guest is the founder of the Zen Mommy and the voice behind the Mom Slowdown podcast, as well as a passionate believer in the power of self-care. Through her work as a certified yoga instructor, an accomplished home chef, and a dedicated mindfulness practitioner, she's created a holistic program that supports women, especially moms, by giving them the tools to create a satisfying life. Today's guest has experienced juggling the demands of a career as a successful commercial real estate developer with the life-changing role of mom. Through the work of the Zen Mommy, she shares her personal story of overcoming disordered eating, refining her sense of self as a new mother, and finding ways to feed herself first as a foundation of a more joyful and less stressful life. You can follow her on Instagram at the Zen Mommy. I'm super excited she's here. Welcome to the show, Jessica Gershman. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity, and I love what you're doing on your podcast. Thank you. Ditto. I I love your story. I can relate to it so much. As a lawyer, who used to practice commercial litigation and chose to slow down when I had the privilege of becoming a mom for the first time. So tell us more about what that was like for you. How did you start down the path that led you to creating Vizen Mommy? Yeah, so I was in commercial real estate uh, until 2009 when my daughter Eva was born and it was kind of a forced exit because right. the real estate market crashed um, along with the economy and it was a really interesting time. Uh, so it was a really opportune time, I guess, to kind of focus on my role as mom. And I struggled, I think, uh, quite a bit. I I know I did. Of just identifying as this career woman, which Mm -hmm. I had started my career at 19, really young. I went to school at night and and worked for my dad and kind of been bred to take over that business. Um, And then I was just like, quote unquote, just a mom. And I really struggled with that and just identifying of like meeting people. And, you know, the first question someone asks you is, well, what do you do? And I was like, "Mm, I'm a mom. Now... (laughs) 
you know, 13 years later, like it's the most badass role that there is. I mean, of it is course. so challenging. It is so incredible. I am so uh, just proud and, you know, enthralled with my career as a mom, my job as a mom, my role as a mom. But I definitely struggled for sure for a long time. Uh, and then as a serial entrepreneur, I dabbled in all kinds of things and went to culinary school just for fun and found my way into yoga, which led to many, many teacher trainings. Uh, never with the, I tend, uh, the intention to teach, but that was definitely a calling for me and has been for the last I don't know, 13 years, I guess. That's awesome. And so through that practice with yoga, is that what led you to marry the two things? Like, okay, we can be Zen in yoga class. And also in our mom lives. Yeah, I was the farthest cry from Zen in my definite early 20s. And I struggled struggled quite a bit, uh, just feeling unworthy and just not feeling good enough. And, you know, I tried yoga a few times uh, early on and like in my 20s when, you know, I was deep in the career path. And uh, it wasn't for me. I called it like granola yoga, yoga and it was too <laughs> slow and kind of boring and I just didn't get it. Uh, and then after I had my daughter, Eva, who's now 13, it was like the supercharge to really kind of get your life together. And I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, I, I have now have the responsibility of modeling healthy behavior uh, for this other little being. And so right. what I didn't have the strength to do for myself, I did for her. And that really kind of put my intention into overdrive, retried yoga for the first time, probably in my entire adult life you know, laying, it was a hot vinyasa class that played like rap music at the time, which was <laughs> hooked me right away. Right. Uh, but laying in this pool of my own sweat and just feeling like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the moment where I felt good enough. It didn't matter what problems I went into the studio that I was practicing in on the way out. They, they weren't these big monumental pro- problems. They were totally right. manageable. I mean, 10 times out of 10, I would call my husband on the way home and be like, you know, I'm sorry about this, or I see this a different way. And it just really opened my perspective and my eyes to a whole new way of being that I had really been shut off to before. Yeah. It's amazing. I think how different life experiences can open us up to receiving other things. Like before you became a mom and slowed down a little bit, you you weren't able to receive that gift that yoga has given you now. And it's just incredible to hear that. And it's encouraging too, because sometimes we try something once and we think, oh, that's not for me, but there may be, there, may, there may be a place for it in your life later on. So how do you bring that to moms now? Like if, like say someone doesn't have the opportunity to take a class with you, how, how do you bring that Zen into their lives? Yeah. So, you know, in my path, I opened a private studio in my home and I saw mostly women as clients one-on-one therapeutically. Uh, and, you know, the excuses I get for yoga is I, you know, I don't have enough time or I'm not good at it. And yoga right. is something that like, you can't be good or bad at, which is awesome. I mean, I know yes. people can think that you can be like, you know, flexible or inflexible, but you can't be bad at yoga. Like showing up is is just what you have to do. And so, you know, I would see these women in my studio and they would come in and they'd have this incredible experience, but it was for one hour during right. the week. You know, and I say this, the minute they got their toe out of the studio, it would be the dings of the phone and the call of the school nurse and, you know, their jobs needed this and, you know, they were putting out these fires. And it was this idea of yoga as this very blanket umbrella term can transition into all areas of your life. It doesn't just have to be practiced on the mat. 
And I think the the biggest tools and the offerings for moms is mindfulness, which is really free mm-hmm. for everyone. A gratitude practice, again, totally yeah, free, accessible and breathing. We all have to breathe. It's the first thing we do when we come into this world and the very last thing we do on our way out. Uh, and those three practices, which are accessible to everyone, can really change your life. And so for me, I put those into practice within my yoga practice, but those are things that we can do in everyday life. We can do it when we're doing the dishes. We can do it when we're picking up our children's toys. We can practice mindfulness in carpool when we're in these moments and we're like, you know, we're running from soccer games to baseball to cheerleading and gymnastics and all of the things that we feel so rushed doing, we can pause and, and really be in the present moment. I love that. I love the simplicity of it and the accessibility of it. You're right. It's free and it's available to everyone. You just have to think about it and be intentional. Not easy though. (laughs) Right. Simple and and easy are not the same thing. I agree. (laughs) Right. And I think what's cool about yoga is that is a really safe space to kind of practice these tools and intentions where it's judgment-free zone. You get to kind of explore what's going on in your mind. We all have some kind of negative you know, dialogue that, that usually reels in our head and it centers around not being good enough or mine. It wasn't worthy of love, you know, whatever it is for you, but we get to start challenging some of those and practice gratitude in moments that maybe are a little easier. It's not really easy to practice gratitude right out of the gate when, you know, you come home to a dirty house after working, you know, eight hours and you're fighting with your husband and your children are fighting, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a more challenging moment, but absolutely. uh, Yeah, we start to retrain our brain and we start to practice these things and then they become more natural in our everyday occurrences. You know, when you were saying that about it's not always easy, right? Because of your situation, you walk into a messy house, your kids are fighting. I hate when my kids fight. I got to tell you, that makes me bonkers. But I think as moms, we feel like we're constantly juggling and if we're not intentional, we can view our lives as one giant struggle. So in those challenges, how, how can moms find that like inspiration in everyday life to to take that time to just breathe and be grateful. Well, I think the best thing too is to start practicing these just intentionally every day. Um, Because if you don't practice them and you get to that moment when the kids are fighting and the house is a mess and you're exhausted, Mm -hmm. you haven't prioritized your sleep, you know, you're, you're running on a very, very thin thread. That's harder. You know, you don't have those tools, but the more that we can practice you know, I wake up every day and try to start with a smile on my face. You know, gratitude in a moment. Maybe you're take a, a few minutes to be outside in nature and you just look up at the trees or the sky and you just, I'm really grateful. I mean, we can start with things like, I'm just grateful for waking up. Yeah. I'm grateful. You know, mindfulness and, gra- and gratitude we can practice as we're cooking dinner. I mean, we look around our space and, you know, how blessed we are to have a roof over our head and to be able to provide food for our family. And so we can start to incorporate these little practices in our life so that we and our brain can right. start to pull those out instead of our initial reactions, right? So we all have habits that we've grown. We Some we inherited, if you believe in karma, and some we create through our patterns and how we were raised and um, you know, the family dynamics and all of that great stuff. Your experiences create these patterns in your brain. And so mm-hmm. yoga really creates what I call like this yogic pause, which is just this microsecond between cause coming home to a messy house and your reaction or action. Right. And so then when we're 
conscious of that and we start to practice that, then we get to choose how do we react, you know, and that's this, this, this act of awareness, this concept of awareness. We talk about, you know, then the energy of the planet changing and people awakening. It's really just becoming more aware, aware of yourself, aware of your surroundings. And then with that awareness comes choice and that is empowering. It doesn't feel good when you come home and you start screaming at everybody. Now you got to go back and apologize. We've all been there like, oh God, I really didn't do a great job there, kids. I really lost it. You know, we can start to minimize some of those cause and reactions when we have consciousness, when we're aware. I, I totally agree. And I love the way you explained it. Because it's so, it's absolutely true. I think a lot of times, I call it knee jerk, right? A lot of times we have a knee jerk reaction and we think we can't help it. People say that all the time. I can't help it. I don't have a choice. I, I I can't control how I feel. And I, I think there is truth to that, to that if you're not aware, because once you become aware, everything is a choice. And even if it's a split second, sometimes your first thought is going to be something that isn't as empowering or it isn't as, as expansive. But when you have that awareness and you can pause for a second, you can choose your second thought and the words that come out of your mouth. And that's really important for relationships, especially with our kids, because when they're really little, they don't have that awareness themselves to, to realize like, oh, mommy's not upset with me. Mommy doesn't think I'm annoying. Mommy doesn't think I'm whatever. Mommy's just upset with the situation. And so the more that we can do that. I, it just really, I think, improves our relationships with our kids and it helps them to build them up and then teaches them also about the same thing with the mindfulness. So how do you, how do you practice mindfulness in your parenting? And now let's take a quick break. The heart behind the I'm on podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on imom.com. And when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. Well, I think the biggest thing is modeling that behavior. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm very open about owning my faults and coming to my children and, you know, really kind of owning up to my failures and be like, you know what? I didn't really do a good job on whatever that is, X, Y, and Z. I have a funny story about, you know, being kind of at the end of my rope as we all can recognize. And the kids were fighting. I have two little girls at home and it was just like one of those summertime, you know, which gets annoying anyway. By the end, (laughs) I just had a little bit more work to do. I was like, just get out of the house. Like, I don't care where you go. Just get out of the house. Like push them out of the house. About 15 minutes goes by. And the sky, and I finally like get out from my computer and I walk outside and the sky is totally black. I mean, like, you know, like a torrential <laughs> downpour. Tornado winds are coming through, like the tornado sirens are going off. I can't oh find anywhere. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I start to panic, you know. Finally, I send my husband out. I'm running through barefoot through my neighborhood, screaming for my children, like, girl, you know, where are you? Um, like I said, tornado sirens are going off. My husband finds them as far away in the neighborhood, you know, ever on their bikes, huddled under a tree, 
you know, Aww. terrible choices tornado but they're like mommy told us to leave the house and I was like when do you ever listen to me like <laughs> that is the moment that you chose to listen like you know so in those moments I was like you know mommy didn't do a good job and I really can do better and here's what I learned you know I wasn't taking care of myself and you know doing my meditation and taking time for my own self for self-care yes. and yes. this is what happens exactly <laughs> This is what happens. Mommy doesn't get to show up as her best self the way I want to show up for you when I'm not doing X, Y, and Z for myself. You know, and owning that, you know, for your children and being able to come back and say, hey, I didn't do well in this way, but here's what I need to do for myself so that I can keep showing up in the best way. And I think that is such mindfulness in parenting. You know, the other aspect of that is how are you modeling the values? in your home. So if you ask your children, what do you think are, you know, the top three things that are important, you know, say kindness, compassion, confidence, let's say those are the three that, you know, are really important in your home. Well, how are you showing up and modeling that behavior? You know, if you're, if kindness is really important and you're like having road rage and screaming at the people, on, (laughs) you know, because you're stuck in traffic and, and you're just really like burnt out, you know, we have to be really mindful of, what we say is that matching up to our behavior and all of that comes back to awareness. Yep. Yep. And I, it's, you know, those kids, they're like sponges and oh, you don't yeah. have to say it. It is no. your behavior. They, they will watch what you do and they pick up so much and they learn so much and then they make decisions. They, they form beliefs based on what they see modeled over and over and over again in front of them. So it's really, really important what you say. It exactly. really, really matters what you do. Like that's in that story. I'm like, really, you never listen to me. Come on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's really what, how you, what kind of behavior you're modeling, how you treat yourself, how you treat others, I think is so important. It's so important. I love that story. I love that, you know, the vulnerability of it too, just being willing to, like you said, own it. We all have those moments where- okay. We are definitely not being our best selves like that. Oh, I really, I did not show up how I, I, I wanted to show up in that moment. And then again, the awareness, like you said, to stop and think, why? Why? What happened before this moment that allowed me to get to that place? And that's something that we have to remember and remind ourselves over and over and over again as moms, because sometimes instead of choosing ourselves, we choose guilt. And we try to take care of everybody else and quote unquote, put everyone else first. But when we do that, we're really doing them a disservice because we will eventually burn out and explode or have a meltdown or whatever way you release that tension because you're not giving yourself the time. You're not loving yourself and choosing yourself and allowing yourself to to show up as as the best version of, of who you can be. So that's such a great, story that I think a lot of people can relate to because we've all been in those situations where we're like, just get out of my hair. Like I need to get this done. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Hey there, Supermom. Do you ever wish someone would come out with a step-by-step system on how to keep your shiitake together? Yeah, so have we. So at Your Ideal Mom Life, we came up with one ourselves. It's called Mom with Confidence the keep it together system specifically for super moms like us. And you can grab yours right now for $29 at youridealmomlife.com slash confidence. In two PDFs that you can download right now, 
you get a complete system that teaches you how to be better at balancing time with your kids and time for yourself, how to have more patience and less mom guilt, how to complete your to-do list each day, make time to exercise, create time to enjoy your family, and how to answer that dreaded question all moms hate, what's for dinner? This proven system will help you stay on track and get a handle on all the things. That means less mom guilt, more patience, and more joy. So if you've ever stood in front of the fridge minutes before you're supposed to feed your family dinner and berated yourself for not having groceries, if you're looking at other moms like, girl, how do you have it all together while I'm over here on the hot mess express? If you want to stop feeling spread thin and start getting time for yourself without the mom guilt, head on over to youridealmomlife.com slash momwithconfidence and purchase yours today for just $29. So how I'm, you know, I'm sure you deal with a lot of working moms. You and I are both working moms. And you talk about giving women the tools to create a life of freedom. So what does that look like for a working mom? Where do, where do we even begin? Yeah. So I I wanted to offer the tools that really made such a difference in my life. And, you know, movement for me is a non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, If you just think about us being like, just, energetic beings, you know, when you're not moving your body, it doesn't mean you need to go do hit the gym seven days a week or, you know, run seven days a week, but moving your body in any sort of way, it could be a walk. It could be some, you know, taking 10 minutes to stretch and move and, you know, and move some muscles in the middle of your work day, but movement is non-negotiable. And for me, the yoga piece of that is just so transformative because it really is working on you from the inside out. And so you're moving your body, you're getting that incredible tool, but then you're also increasing your own personal awareness. You're increasing your compassion for yourself, your forgiveness. You know, you get to kind of explore what's going on in your mind and all of the craziness that goes on in your head and then reframe your brain. I mean, scientifically through meditation and, you know, yoga is this form of meditation and movement you really do rework the brain. It's malleable and you start to create mm-hmm. new patterns, more healthier patterns. Uh, so, you know, movement for me is, is top priority. And in, in some way I move my body every day. It's not going to look at the same based on, you know, what body I'm coming to with that day, how right. much I've had, you know, what I've been doing for the rest of the week, where my stress level is. Uh, but that movement piece and yoga at the end of a practice, I, and I say this when I teach it's like no one said ever at the end of a yoga class, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Right. You know, but, <laughs> right. During getting there, you know, finding the intention to do it, all of the above, it, you know, you could make all the excuses in the world, but I don't necessarily feel that way after doing like a hit workout or, you know, I don't, my, my body's not like, oh yes, please go do that for another hour. You know, right. it's like, oh, I did that and I feel stronger and I've got some endorphins going. Um, but yoga truly is a practice that we can do throughout our lifetime, you know, it can meet you where you're at. It, it isn't a pass fail. It's all part of the journey. And so, you know, I offer yoga through that and, uh, I offer meditation and mindfulness and breath work. And so underneath this like mindset piece that if we start to reframe kind of our thoughts, you know, and, and how we look at the world, how we approach the world, how we think about ourselves, how we talk about ourselves. I mean, that's where the gratitude, um, 
piece comes into, and this is all in my Zen Mommy app, which we can get to later, but yes, I offer I all of these tools. Uh, I, there's a space for a gratitude journal and I offer, you know, all of those kind of prompts to come out so that you can start working on this mindset piece and start changing the thoughts. I mean, our mind is so incredibly powerful yes. and dangerous and it works, yeah. you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, um, we start to retrain the brain through mindfulness, through meditation uh, and breath work. And so I offer a piece of meditation which has just been such a powerful tool to stop the doing and increase the being. And yeah, it's, it's in those moments when we're not doing that such transformation, such experience really lies. Uh, And then the other tool that I offer, which is all in the app is this nourish piece, because I think how we feed our bodies says a lot about how we feel about our bodies and what energy we have to put out to the rest of the world. When we're putting ourselves last, when we're not nourishing our bodies with whole foods, you know, when we're we're running on the go and we're not eating mindfully and we're always eating standing up or in our car or whatever the case may be, which, you know, I'm I'm certainly guilty of. Our, our bodies don't know how to digest our food and we're in this fight or flight state all the time. And so you know, we don't ever access that rest and digest system, that parasympathetic system. So leaky gut, IBS, all these other kind of gastrointestinal issues that are on the rise that people are experiencing. You know, I'm no doctor, but mindful eating really does make a difference to give your body the signals of like, hey, we're going to eat now and let's prepare our body for digestion. So yeah. the three tools that I really offer are that movement, the nourish piece, uh, and the mindset piece. And that has really been what has guided me along my journey and transformation. I love that. It's as simple as an app, right? Because we all have access to apps. So when you say you offer those tools, I'm assuming you mean you offer them all on the Zen Mommy app. Is that right? Yes. So the Zen Mommy app launched in July and that's kind of been the basis of what I offer. And I teach yoga. I teach myofascial release, which is a recovery tool so that Uh, We can start to release tight muscles because, Lord, as we age and all the things that we do, we've got pain points. Um, I teach meditation, restorative yoga, mindfulness, breath work, all tools that you can put in your toolbox so that you can start to practice, you know, in times of stress and times not. And then I have created a whole database of recipes of gluten, dairy, and refined sugar-free recipes um, because those are big inflammatory foods. And I also teach like how to cook, like how to hold your knife, how to grill. I mean, everything from, you know, baseline tools because moms are usually tasked with cooking food, cooking the meals. It usually falls on our responsibility nine times out of 10. Most people don't really like it. Most people aren't really good at it. And so this idea that if you had more confidence in the kitchen, you will definitely enjoy it more. And people will enjoy your food more because you're putting your love and your heart and your confidence into that. I actually love to cook. And I will tell you that I agree with that. When you like to do it, when you feel confident doing it, as you do it more, it's it's more enjoyable. And I didn't always love to cook. I I am married for the second time and my ex-husband was the cook, but he also was kind of like the guy who would stand over my shoulder and be like, you're doing that wrong. You're doing that wrong. So like, why would I, right. So why, why am I going to even try? So when I had an opportunity after our marriage ended to decide what I wanted to do with my time, I decided to take a cooking class and it's true that confidence and, and there's a sort of peacefulness about it and it's exciting. And then it does show up in the way 
you prepare meals and how they how other people enjoy them. So that's awesome that you focus on that. So are there videos in the app? Is that how you teach? Yeah. So everything's videos. And I um, have done so many video tutorials, especially around food and cooking. Uh, there's recipe videos, there's baseline skill videos, and then all the yoga, breathwork, meditation, all that stuff all comes through videos that are accessed on the app. And the cool part is there's a community board. Like I said, there's a gratitude journal. There's access to my podcast, Mom Slow Down. There's products I love. 30% of the content on the app is totally free and will remain free to do so. So you can start a meditation practice. You can start beginning yoga. You can see the cooking videos. Um, be a part of the community all without having to access the paywall, which is $9.99 a month. And I also teach live classes through there through Zoom, which is super fun. So I get to uh, show up for the community in that way. That's awesome. And I, again, it's just so, it's awesome that it's an app because we all have a smartphone and the app's available on Apple and Google Play. And that's a such a simple way to start. Because when we talk about these big concepts. And if you aren't doing any of these things, it can feel like, oh, where do I start? It's a little overwhelming. How nice to know that there, there's an app for that. And you can just go on your phone and download it and, and start at your own pace. Because with any goal, we always want to start small. So I think that's so great that you're making that available. Yeah. So the meditation, like I did a beginning, like seven days to intro meditation, all the meditations are 10 minutes or under, you know, the yoga classes are 30 minutes or less. Some of them are 10 minutes, some of them are 15. That's great. You know, so it's, it's little bite-sized chunks that we can start to incorporate to start to make it a part of a daily habit, make this action of self-care. Uh, meditation absolutely is self-care, you know, yes. yoga, breath work, these tools that we can start to incorporate into our lives. So when we come up against life challenges, which we will, because life is messy and complicated and hard, that we have some things to pull from, that Mm -hmm. we feel stronger because of that, because they're like, wait a minute. I know that if I sit here for five minutes and I breathe and I really focus on my breath, I'm going to approach this situation differently. You know, that I'm going to have you know, my vision a little more clear. I'm going to be able to show up as my best self because I'm able to kind of get out of that very reactionary fight or flight stress right. situation, which we're all in all the time because we're Americans and we're just like, ah, yep. <laughs> you know, and be like, I'm going to access my executive functioning in my brain, which I can't do when I'm stressed out to the max all the time. And so you start to really change as a person. You become so much more aware and present and happy and powerful. It is very powerful to be able to realize like, okay, I know exactly what's happening to me right now. I'm totally in fight or flight and I know how to get out of it so that I can change my perspective and make a better decision. Like what's more powerful than that? To see see the issue going on and have a solution for it and be able to implement it. I mean, boom. <laughs> I know. And, and for, for us as working moms, that's huge. I think a lot of times we feel like things are being thrown at us and we don't know which way is up. And to realize there is there is a, a, a solution that is very accessible is so empowering. When someone said like, you know, if you're stressed out or like you should meditate every day for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. And if you should, if you're stressed out, you should meditate for, you know, 30 or 60, like, you know, <laughs> the more intense that you're feeling, you know, that slowing down piece, that pause, that really mm-hmm. forced stop. 
transitions tenfold into the rest of your day and life. And, you know, for me, my meditation, I try to do it, you know, as soon as I get the kids off to school or, you know, right either before I do my, any kind of movement and just make that a part of my day so that I start my day kind of fresh eyed and showing up, you know, the best way I can. You know, I, I've had a crazy week. I have been, I try to meditate or I shouldn't say I try. I meditate every morning and my intention is to do it before my kids get up. But if I don't, I do it when they're, when they go to school and I haven't even been giving myself that every day this week. And I feel it today. You know, I feel that the weight and the stress, but because of that awareness today, I had, I had like an hour that I could have filled with other things with that involved me typing away at a computer or, you know, creating some kind of content. And I said, nope, just going to sit here. And I, I did for 20 minutes, did my meditation. And it's, it's like a, it's a gift. Yeah. It really is a gift to myself. And I'm, I'm so glad that I understand that. And I want that for, for, for every mom. So I, I love that you are doing this. I think it's so needed. Thank you. And I think it's important because I kind of face this as myself as being a type A perfectionist and meditation was definitely like the last part that I was able to incorporate into kind of my daily routine movement for me was like, you know, and it's different for everyone, but I was like, okay, I can do that. Because it feels like you're doing something, right? When you're type A, exactly. Like, oh, oh, I'm productive because I'm moving. (laughs) And so, you know, and I hear this, well, I'm not good at meditation. And that's what's so incredible is that there is no right or wrong way to do it. And if anybody ever tells you that, that's, you know, that's not the case. And that, you know, for me, I come back to the breath. I had a really amazing meditation teacher that gave me a mantra that I can use as a tool, as an anchor, but anything can become this meditative experience. You know, walking outside, you know, taking our devices out and looking at nature can be truly meditative. Like there isn't, you don't have to be sitting in a very uncomfortable position where your feet fall asleep. You could be lying down. You know, we can take these very strict, rigid, black or white, you know, ideas about meditation and make it fluid. And it doesn't have to look or feel. It's like, okay, today I have five minutes. Tomorrow I had 20, you know, or whatever that may be. And I want to lay down today. Tomorrow I might want to do it sitting up or I want to do it walking. And so that we as women are very, it's either pass fail or, you know, black or white, and that we can start to take some of these very strict ideas away from something that can be such a powerful tool because it's not going to always fit in that box. You're not going to always have 20 minutes every day to devote to your meditation. And like you said, I'd like to do it before my kids wake up. That's not always accessible. Does that mean that the day is shot and that you don't have to have time to do that later? No, it just may look a little bit different that day. Just like movement looks different, you know, depending on, you know, what resources you have available that day and time and sleep and, you know, where you are with your family and your job. That is so freeing. And I think we have to give ourselves that kind of grace in, in all of our aspirations and our intentions and our goals. I love the idea of, okay, I, I'm going to go take a walk and get out into my senses of sight and sound and touch. And that is going to put me into my meditative state. Or, you know what, today I only have five minutes and that's the way it's going to be versus, like you said, black and white pass or fail. Like I ate a cookie today, my diet's done. I'm just going down the hill the rest of the day, pizza, pasta, everything else, because I already, I had the one cookie. No, that's okay. You know, like you, you'll get back up and the next time you put food in your mouth, you can make a better choice. Same thing with the meditation or or any other, you know, intentional mindfulness. I love, I love that. That shame piece is so common. 
you know, that comes in and we, you talked about like guilt and I had a really wise therapist. I've been on a lot of therapy. <laughs> Thank you to my, <laughs> you know, early twenties, uh, but said, you know, would you order guilt from a menu? Like if you went into, you know, a sandwich shop, would you have like a turkey club and a side of guilt? It's like, no, no one would choose that. It's very much a thankless emotion. It's not helping you. It's not helping the object of whatever you're feeling guilty about or or for, you know, so we can start to lay some of that down. And, you know, within my podcast, Mom Slow Down, and even in the app, I just want to give other moms permission and space to show up exactly as they are you know, and, and, and rip those kind of black and white confines off and structures and just be like, you know what, you are doing enough right now, just as you are, you're good enough, you're worthy of love. And we start to reframe this idea of what a good mom looks like, because it looks different every day. Of course. You have to take into account, you know, like what tools you have, what resources you have. I keep coming back to that, you know, where are you with stress and sleep? Where are you in your cycle? Where are, you know, play a big part in being a woman. And um, I think just giving ourselves permission to show up with whatever we're working with. Yeah. And uh, I think that is so important. Like you said, there's so many different factors involved and we've got to be thinking about that stuff instead of always being so hard on ourselves. I I say, like you said, would you ever order it on a menu? Guilt is a choice. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely a choice. And it doesn't make you a better mom. It, right. it doesn't, it paralyzes you more than anything. And it keeps you from doing things that are good for you. So I am on a major mission to help moms lose Let's the mom's Let's do guilt. it. Yes. <laughs> well, this was awesome. I'm so excited to have cross paths with you. I think that your mission and my mission are so aligned. And I love that there are moms like us who are rooting for other moms and here to give them tools and resources. I'm super excited about your app, the Zen Mommy. Everyone go check that out. And just thank you so much for being here, for sharing your story and for giving us some tidbits on how we can breathe and slow down and let go. Thank you so much, Nikki. And truly it's women like you that are setting this platform out for other women to just show up, right? And we can create a community of women that are lifting one another up. So it's really a beautiful thing. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for being here. Well, that wraps up our conversation with Jessica Gershman, the Zen Mommy. I know you took a ton of value from it. Make sure you go check out her app. I'll include links in the show notes and we will see you next time on the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you took something of value from it. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone you love. And it would mean the world if you would leave a rating or a review. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Your Ideal Mom Life on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I can't wait to be with you in the next episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast.